Hi, I'm Josh Bender, City Desk Editor for the State News, and welcome to the very first episode of the City Podcast, where we break down how national trends are affecting our community. Today we will, we will be discussing the reasons behind the lacking MSU student voter turnout and how this lacking turnout impacts government policy. My guests today are Kyle Malin, editor of uh, Insider State Political News site MERS. Hello. And Alex Knopfsinger, Vice President for Government Affairs at ASMSU. Hello. So I'd like to start off with some stats on student voter turnout. So the average uh, total turnout for all state, local, and national elections uh, from February 2012 to August 2016 was 8.65% for on-campus precincts and about 30% for off-campus precincts. Uh, the average turnout for the last two East Lansing City Council elections was less than 1% for on-campus precincts and about 19% for off-campus precincts. Now, obviously, this is a pretty big disparity. Um, what do you guys have to say about it? Well, I'm certainly not surprised by it. I think historically, and if you look around the country, there are fewer students who end up voting uh, for whatever reason, and there's, there's many reasons. Uh, first off is there's a student who may be registered to vote in their home or you know, where they were before. So they may have to go back to Grand Rapids, or they got to go to Birmingham, or they got to go up north to go and vote, or they vote absentee. And I just feel like it's, it's important to note that there are 2,271 uh, registered voters uh, for the on-campus precincts, um, but 14,835 students live in the residence halls as of 2015. Um, Alex, why do you think there's this big disparity between those two numbers? Yeah, you know, I don't have all the numbers off the top of my head, but I can tell you right now that's not always been the case. The university's policies, um, specifically with RHS as far as uh, access to the dorms, has changed um, within the past it's five or six years now. Um, so it used to be, and I've talked with you know, Mayor Meadows here in Lansing, where he would run um, his campaigns and he would go knocking on doors and he could get a thousand students out in a city council election in an off year. Um, and obviously they ought to be registered. So um, that's just kind of a benchmark there. But now with the university policy, you know, even if I, as a student and a member of our student government, wanted to go into the dorms and you know knock on doors and try to register them, um, I would have to have someone who lives in that hall with me at all times. The university has received, you know, it's been rumored and they received a couple threats from an organization like the ACLU that saying this is, you know, infringing upon free speech, um, both of the people who want to bring forth the speech and the people who can no longer receive the speech. So when I'm looking at um, just this low number of on-campus that a registered should vote, um, you know, that's the first thing that pops in my head is that there's just not that same access. Yeah, it's definitely one of those issues where on its face, you think it's pretty simple, but there's a lot of liability issues that are at stake. And so on its face, you know, it's something that you'd like to see changed or at least loosened, but there are those issues to take into account and, you know, how can we make sure it's a fair process and, you know, how do we make sure, you know, do we hold it only to the potential politicians or do we allow, um, you know, certain organizations, you know, what if, like, the Nazi party wanted to go knocking on doors, like, do we allow that? And that, you know, you're bringing up the idea of issuing sort of temporary IDs or giving some people access. That then would bring in the issue of how do you decide who who merits access because I, yeah. I recall from previous experience covering um, state and local, local elections, um, 
there are some pretty interesting people who run for uh, state and local office. So it's just at what at what uh, at what point do you say, well, you know, this person's important enough that they merit access, but this person doesn't. It sounds like a very complicated issue that really requires a lot of thought. I would say though that it's it's a little looser than it was back in 2000. In 2000, the Secretary of State at the time, Candace Miller, said that students could only vote if the name or on the, if the address on their driver's license matched um, where they were going to vote. So if my driver's license said Byron Center, Michigan, and but I registered to vote here in East Lansing, if I never changed my driver's license or my voter ID, I'd vote in Byron Center. I couldn't vote in East Lansing. So what happened was is that um, dozens, at least dozens, I mean there could have been a lot more, MSU students were not able to vote in that election. And as it turned out, the 2000 election was extremely important here in East Lansing because the Republican running for Congress in an open seat, Mike Rogers, defeated the Democrat, Diane Byron, by 111 votes. It was the tightest election in the entire country. And it set the tone for a redistricting plan that pretty much made Mike Rogers a congressman for as long as he wanted to serve, which ended up being until 2014. So that one little policy, talking about just finding ways to stymie student participation in the process can have a huge impact in these elections. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding among students about the level of power uh, that local and state government have in their day-to-day -day life. They're the ones that are in charge of all state policy in regards to drinking, um, cigarette uses, marijuana. If you were interested in legalizing marijuana, that is a really by and large a state issue. Medical marijuana is a state issue. Basically everything that governs your life that the state police can arrest you for is a state law. On that note, in 2015, uh, there was a proposal put before East Lansing voters to decriminalize marijuana in that election. Uh, numbers for uh, on-campus precincts hovered in the one to two one to two percent margin. Uh, the 14th precinct uh, had less than one percent, almost half a percent, 0.68 um, voter turnout. Yeah, that's just amazing because if the students knew about the fact that it was on the ballot and were familiar with what was going on, they were properly registered. Uh, that turnout would be a lot higher. But the other half of that is also being registered to vote, and when you think about um, those voters in the 14th precincts, um, let's say they're all, a lot of them are going to be freshmen or sophomores, new to campus in 2015, they might not have been a part of a big voter reg push back in 2014, so they might not actually have had the opportunity to register here in East Lansing to vote on that. So, um, you know, I've raised several questions about, you know, should we consistently be doing these voter reg pushes instead of just on these evening years where we see the elections as big and important, or you know, should we be doing it consistently and making sure students always have the opportunity to register? And there are a lot of organized efforts. I mean, in the past two weeks, we've had Martin O'Malley, the former Maryland governor and former presidential candidate, uh, Senator Bernie Sanders. Um, previously, we've had uh, the actress Chloe Moretz. Uh, soon, we're going to be having Cory Booker, uh, the senator from New Jersey. Um, we tend to bring a lot of big names. Do you think bringing those big names makes an impact? I, I do and I don't think, um, to be quite honest with you. Unless you're getting the word out enough, um, the people who are going to be attending those events sometimes are going to be those who are relatively politically engaged. Well, and the Hillary Clinton campaign is at least trying to make these real productive in that the surrogates that they're bringing in are not necessarily just politicians. They're bringing in actors, celebrities, 
Uh, that's something that we haven't seen before. We had Ashley Judd here a little bit ago. I mean, they're bringing in folks that the students uh, can relate to. You know, it's not about policy necessarily that drives student turnout. I, don't mm -hmm. I think it's more about personalities and feeling like you're a part of a movement. Uh, this Bernie Sanders uh, movement, for example, uh, the Barack Obama movement in 2008, those were two personalities who really got students involved, got them thinking, made them feel like they were going to make a difference. What do you think can be done to try to translate those sort of charismatic personality-driven spikes um, in electoral turnout? What can be done to apply that, those successes to the state and to the local level? Yeah, so I think it um, kind of goes back to the message that some of those candidates like Senator Sanders um, are espousing um, to a certain extent, um, you know, Mr. Trump and, you know, some of his rhetoric and how it connects with, you know, his um, voting population is that it really does engage um, with the students. And um, I think where you're seeing, like, you know, a city council member or someone running for the state representative is sometimes it is the issue. Um, you know, it's more difficult for a state rep to guarantee, um, you know, a student um, pre-college tuition, even though they, in all reality, control, you know, embassy's budget or quite a bit of it. Um, so I guess um, it kind of goes back to, um, you know, what we've said before and what Kyle's kind of saying. It does kind of depend on that candidate and how the candidate's connecting. And, um, you know, I think one thing that you know, I think it's cyclical, it really is, because um, you know, one reason you don't see some state reps, you know, engaging in students um, as often as you might otherwise is that um, they really, and this is going to may sound a little cynical, um, but from an advocacy standpoint, they sometimes don't feel as if that 18 to 24 year old constituency is the one they're most beholden to. Um, you know, it's easier for them to craft a policy towards a 50 to 59 year old than it is to a 20 to 24 year old because um, the 50 to 59 year olds generally going to be the one making sure that they're either out of office or in office. So, um, you know, when you're talking about the message that some of these more local state candidates are putting out there, um, it's just also how it's tailored and who it's tailored to. Whereas, you know, Senator Sanders, his strategy was to get the youth vote, and he knew he needed it. And so, um, I'm not saying that he, if you know, if he was in a position to get elected, he wouldn't try to get um, you know, free tuition you know, through Congress and as law, but I'm also thinking that, you know, he knew from a political standpoint, I think it was something that um, would really connect with those voters. <laughs> and I guess this brings me kind of to sort of the penultimate question, which is, is this a fixable problem? Yeah, I actually do think it's a fixable problem. Um, you know, I think it's a combination of, um, you know, institutional way of Thinking about the culture of the candidates, I think we covered a lot, and it all kind of adds up together. I don't think there's one magic bullet. You could start by teaching, like, you know, all the high schoolers in the state of Michigan what a voter registration form is, how do you register to vote? You know, that would do a lot. You know, register 18-year-olds in high schools. That as soon as you get one person registered that first time, you're more likely to keep on registering. Is it a fixable problem? You know, it's. I, the question I always come to about low order turnout, whether it's among students or anyone else, is that if folks felt like it mattered to them, they would vote. And and I think one of the problems that we have is that many people, whether you're a student or not, don't feel like their vote matters or they don't feel engaged. Uh, and the more that folks feel engaged, the more likely they are to vote. 
people are more likely to vote in a presidential election than a city council election, for example. It's because they're deluged with information, they feel involved, they hear the chatter about it, folks are talking about it, so they feel more likely to vote. So you see voter turnout around 40, 50% in places. For a city council election, it can be down to 10% because they don't feel like it impacts them, they don't feel like it involves them. I think there's a two-way street here, really. Um, if Students are, or first of all, I think from the candidate standpoint, have to go out and reach. They have to ask for it. They have to be in front of students and tell them why city council means something to them, why county commission means to, uh, means to them, why state rep means something to them. And then, then, and I think only then, will students feel um, empowered or interested in voting. Um, otherwise, I think that there's other things to do. You got homework to do. You're going to go out with some friends. You know, you guys are going to go to Rick's. I mean, there's other things going on. So, um, I, I think that you know you can make things easier for students, but unless you want to do something, you're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you both for appearing uh, on my very first podcast. Um, it has been uh, really great talking to both of you. Um, this is a bi-weekly podcast, so the next episode will be uploaded uh, on October 24th. All right, thank you. All right, thanks, thanks Josh.